Hello. Hello, this is Ernie. This is Robbie. Hey, Robbie, how you doing? Good. I just um, so I I talked with um, or I got, he got an email from Doug Lucas about the thing next Wednesday, and uh, he wants the three of us to. He's giving me eight minutes uh, before the group chat interaction, so we've got eight minutes for the three of us, and then eight minutes for a panel discussion or so, and then they've got other people lined up, so uh, you can hang on or or leave early or. If you can't make it at all, that's fine. But uh, this morning I worked out a two minute, a little over two minutes that I want to, I'll record. In fact, I've recorded, I just finished recording it, which I'll share with you and invite you and Tim to uh, do a similar two minute recording of what you think would be most relevant. So this is a group that's been invited to hear what God is doing in, in toward movements in North America. And I think ah. they'll be very interested in knowing about uh, discipling by Jesus and possibly learning from it. Okay. This is great. Yes, oh. I, uh, oh. I, uh, I'm always nervous about pitching something that I barely understand and cannot explain, but I will follow the spirit to where he leads you. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, it was what I was describing about discipling by Jesus that, um, prompted Doug to invite me to share. So. Okay, great. Well, actually, this is good because I assume we're calling Brent and Janet, and I'll just texting them real quick just to make sure that we didn't lose the, uh, the connection or I had the wrong number for them. Sure. Yep. Uh, and for us here. Uh, I I could try calling and patching in either or both of them also. Yeah, um, I guess we feel like you can uh, call Janet because I think texting doesn't seem to work for her. Yeah, um, so I'll try uh, calling I'm here. Oh, okay. oh, you're here. Bless your heart. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just having some also? trouble with my computer um, email that... Phone works right now. Good, good. Okay. Shall I call Brent? Want to try calling Brent? Sure. Okay. And that was that was him, or did you just drop off? Hello. Uh, no, I'm in. I'm. Whoops. Can you hear me still? No, I'm in the midst of calling Brent. I'm. I'm okay. here. Oh well, then I won't call you. But okay. before you call, I will answer. I yeah. am the only one on video, I guess. Yes, oh, there, um, there is, there is actually a video offered through I have never used it, so I'm usually running around on phone calls. So uh, maybe I will give that a try. Um, anyway, Brent, would you just do me the honor of opening us in prayer? Sure. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, thank you for this time we can gather together, Lord. You're doing great things all over the world, even at, as it appears as if the world is doing horrible things. And we just thank you that your love perseveres through all of this. We ask that you be with us as we uh, try and figure out how to make your word go forth in the middle of all of this. And just thank you for the opportunity. Thank you for the creativity of Ernie and Robbie. And thank you for the opportunity to learn and grow. Amen. 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 Hey, Brent. Okay, I got the full audio. There it is. Well, I won't say I was running late because I actually had momentarily forgotten about it. <laughs> oh, okay. No worries. Glad you made it. I think Ernie was checking something on the sound, but I'm guessing that we're still recording. So, uh, the well, maybe I'll just jump in then. Um, one thing Janet and I talked about after the um, Friday morning time it would be the possibility of lingering personally with scripture and listening and recording thoughts before we start the process of reading and retelling and letting that personal interaction with Jesus that we hopefully experience there uh, then feed into the time around scripture rather than building up through the interaction with scripture to 
than listening with Jesus afterwards. I don't know if Ernie was there to hear that. Or... Yeah, can you hear me? Testing one, two, three? Yes. Yeah, yeah I can hear now. Yeah, okay, yeah. I was confused over conference by dialing in multiple places by the my phone on my computer, but or maybe I just confused myself. Anyway. Um, my dogs are having their morning frolic. But I need to make sure they don't get it. Good, good boys, good boy. All right, good boy. All right. They don't hurt each other, but the young one can hurt himself by jumping too much. Um, all right, so uh, let me take a step back, if I may. I, I think that's an interesting option. I want to hold that thought. Um, the um, the design challenge. I don't know if you checked your email this early in the morning, but. Uh, one of the things that my father said at the end of Friday's session was to really try and go for that 90-minute limit. And I thought about that, and I was always two minds of it, but I realized, you know, I think at least this week, that would be an interesting design challenge to see what could we do that would maximize our chances of finishing in 90 minutes. Mm -hmm. And I realized the reason that's interesting is uh, Pixar once had this thing where they were, uh, they had this dream of doing a 12,000 man-hour movie. Because normally it takes about 14,000 man-hours. But there was a lot of excitement about trying to do, face this. There's a saying that great constraints create great designs. And it forces us to think about what is most important. And it also makes it easier for us to jettison things that we are used to that aren't also necessarily serving our purpose. So what I wanted to do was kind of walk through my theory of change at this point in time of what it is we're trying to accomplish. And then kind of work backward for that and say, OK, what would we need to do? What do we think that we are doing that aligns with that theory of change? And then for this week, I want to kind of try the experiment of doing it that way, where we try to focus on doing this thing as best we understand it, rather than like last, just to be honest with you, like the first system was amazing, just have everyone there. The second week to me felt a little bit like uh, reverting back to the mean of becoming a little bit more like a normal small group. And uh, you know, I wanted to sort of uh, uh, do a kind of a refocus, uh, we call it refactoring in the software world, just sort of tying things up and realigning where I think we're going. Uh, <clears throat> so uh, uh, the, the specific thing that I've been meditating on is this idea of the circuit of grace. When I was growing up, grace was always like a, a waterfall, something just poured down over you. But as I've been walking this journey with Robbie and others for the last year, I've come to the conclusion that grace is more like a circuit, like an electrical circuit, where grace comes from God to us and through us to others, and then goes back to God in a sense. And that the goal is to really increase that flow of grace between God, us, and others. And that is how uh, the kingdom of God expands. Uh, so let me just pause there with that metaphor and kind of see if I'm making any sense. That's really an interesting way to look at it. I was going to endorse your your feeling about week two. Is it that's one of the things I was getting at my criticism is that when I started, I started controlling. Now people said they didn't feel controlled, but I started focusing on the time and and things like that. But you know, I I think we we need to. We need to understand also what our deeper purposes are. Is our deeper purpose um, building discipleship uh, behaviors or is it building contemplative mm -hmm. behaviors or meditative behaviors or just sitting and enjoying God? You know, all of those are wonderful things, but I think we need to say, what is it we are working on? Secondly, I spent 20 years doing cross-cultural orientation training programs for missionaries and my mentor was merciless about okay we've done this this way a couple of times is that the best way to utilize these minutes should we mm -hmm. should this be a reading should this be a preparation should this be a follow-up should this be a presentation and the idea was nothing was ever sacred we were always saying could we do it different and then another metaphor narrative um there's a training program for interpersonal relationship that's five days long and I sat down with the the, plan, the founder of that, and I said, "Hey, you know what happened? Would you ever do it? Uh, what what if what if somebody only had four days? Do you think you could do the five day? Because they're saying it has to happen in five days. That's the only way we can build intimacy, and the only way people will trust each other. And I'd say, could you do it in four days? And he looked and he thought, 
Well, yeah, you know, I think I think I could. It would be hard. I said, what if you really, it was really important, could you do it in three days? And he said, man, that would really be pushing the envelope. It'd be interesting to think about, but I don't really want to think about it. And then I said, but what about two days? You know, and then he goes, you know, you're just pulling my chain. I said, no, I'm not. It's a very important question because we we get so focused. We get we get faculty and institution and location and building focused or dependent. And we can't say, how can we create something that truly is fluid enough to be done anywhere by anyone? And, you know, so I, I 100% agreement with you, Ernie. Thank you. My dream is to do the seven-minute version of DBJ at some point. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> uh, Robbie, Janet? Um, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm listening. Um, the seven-minute mer- <laughs> <seven> version. <laughs> Well, you know, I mean, I think we do, you know, all of this is, we've been going over, you know, time a little bit, and all this is really important. I don't have anything to add right now. Well, I like what you're talking about, Ernie. I've, uh, I'm sharing next uh, Wednesday at a, something like Beyond's uh, Nugget Training. It's a, it's a, virtual conference on uh, movements in North America. And I thought we were going to have, you know, 10 minutes each maybe, but we've got two minutes each. So boiling down what I wanted to say into two minutes has been a rich experience this morning. I also want to do a 70-second Sorry, yeah, I was muted. I also want to do a 70-second trailer. Uh, I have kind of a a really slapped-together one on the YouTube channel, uh, but um, I thought about uh, you know, there was, especially from the pilot, there were some great little sound bites. Um, okay, uh, so second point was this idea of so in terms of the larger the thing we are doing. This is kind of the current way I'm framing it is as expanding the circle of grace uh, between Jesus, us, and others. It's kind of the the mechanism that I'm going for. I'm receiving more grace. I'm channeling more grace. It's coming to us and it's going to others. And it's this circle that gets better the bigger it gets. And that to me is how I reconcile the, is this about me or is this about serving others? It's really about the circle, which includes all of that. How do people feel with that metaphor? Well, when I describe this, it's about getting closer to Jesus, resting and abiding and listening and hearing to him and following and obeying him. Um, and that impacts everything around, but I'm fixing miles on Jesus and I'm comfortable with you, you know, just us having different ways of describing it, but for your reference, that's how I'm thinking about it. Okay. Well, so, sorry. Well, I was going to say, I heard you when you first talked, uh, I heard not circle, I heard circuit. Uh, Mm Oh, yes, I did. The circuit's a little geekier, but. Uh, yeah, I was but, going by circle that was awesome because like I spent yesterday and out a couple hours with my electrician neighbor trying to troubleshoot the circuit of the running lights on my boat. And we were unsuccessful because there's so many different plug-in points and corrosion possibilities. You have to really be intentional on understanding where they are and how to treat each one of them. But, you know, circuit, circle, it all works. So... <laughs> Circle, yeah, circle to me has more more of a sense of boundary in a circle than in a circuit. Interesting. For me. Uh, I'll think about that. Okay. All right. So I think what I'll do is that uh, uh, there's this tension between collaboration and artistry. I think what I'm going to I'm going to try, rather than trying to get everyone to agree with me, I'll say, okay, let's make sure you at least understand me. And let me kind of talk with you about how I want to design the slide deck uh, for Thursday. And the other thing I thought about is that, you know, one of the challenges um, is that um, when I write a deck, it actually realized I need to probably do the first version of it myself because otherwise people have no idea what I mean unless I'm actually doing it. So I think for me, it makes sense to to try and do this rewrite, have me pitch uh, be the starter for this Thursday. And I'll try to keep as much of the existing structure uh, and terminology as we have, but I want to kind of do a, based on everything we've learned so far, let me design it this way and see if it makes sense. So the the, the goal is that 
uh, by the end of this, we'll have expanded the circuit of grace between Jesus and another. It means I'm receiving more grace, it's flowing through me. I have a vision of the others that I want to include in that circuit of grace, and I am more aligned with Jesus. So that's why I want to end up as a, the, the ending point at the end of um, step six. And then going backwards to step five, uh, how do we do that? And the phrase that came to mind when I was praying about this is repent, confess, and forgive. Um, the, um, actually, let me, let me flip that a bit. I think it's actually forgive, repent, and confess, which is not the way I normally think about it, but that's the way I've been feeling it. One of the great lines I learned when I was at Apple was worry about the feel of it first, and then the think of it will follow. And what I feel like, uh, and so looking into, when I feel like I have dramatically shifted my relationship with God and others, there's a point where I have been holding on to something because of self-protection, because of being hurt. I've talked about this with Robbie before. And that I need to forgive and let go of that. And only after I let go of that, uh, I'm able to see my own sin in the situation and repent. And I used to always think that confession came before repentance, but lately I'm starting to realize, actually just last night, that actually I think repentance may come before confession. And since I changed my direction, my orientation and posture uh, to um, repent first, confess, and then be forgiven. And to me, this is uh, Yeah, Ernie, repentance does first, but there's another step in it that's really, really important, and that is, that that you can't fully repent until you go to the persons involved and tell them you're not going to be doing that to them again. Ah, when there's a specific sin against someone involved, you haven't you haven't completed sorry, repentance you. until you've. Asked, well, sorry, am I muted again? It's just that I'm struggling with technology on my end, and and and, mm. and I yeah. can't. And you're well, talking very fast, Ernie. Ah, okay. Yeah, and and you are, yeah. Um, no, it's it's uh, the one of the interpersonal mistakes that we make is that we uh, don't take repentance to the people that we've hurt or that have something against us. And that was something I was trying to work on in the TGR. Because um, <laughs> when 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 I said to you, I made a mistake. You know, and and I did what I did that 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 meeting. You know, that involved you, and you said that you were hurt. I went to you first, and and I said I made that mistake, and I'm not ever going to do that again. That's repentance. And and so you know, there are a lot of things we can repent on that don't involve other people in interpersonal relationships. But when it's involved with interpersonal relationships, instead of going to Person B, when you have a problem with person A, which was what I experienced that was very hurtful in the TGR, um, the person who has the problem goes only and directly to that person that they have a problem with, and you talk about what you're not going to do the same way the next time instead of expecting them to talk about what they're not going to do the same way the next time. And so... Uh, so that way, each person takes ownership of their own repentance. So, um, so, so in my in my situation, I go to you know person person X, and I say, um, I was talking about you, and I realized I got back to you, and I'm really, really sorry. I'm not going to do that again. And that way, repentance works for you, and it builds trust. So, uh, so repentance comes first, but talking to the person that you have the problem with is, is, is what has to be reversed. And in my family, especially my family situations, my gosh, you know, I, I had to go, I had to go in and say, this is how I participated in a dysfunctional family system to all of my family members. And stop it. And it really transformed and turned my whole family around. And so it wasn't easy because sometimes some people didn't quite accept it the first time or even the second time, but it, 
but it but it did. It transformed my whole family. So I'm just putting it in for that uh, repentance is important before confession. You do that first interpersonal relationships and you do it by owning what you did wrong with the other people um, as much as you know to how to own and then uh, after that um, I'm on a call the yeah. praise. Okay. Um, I need to take a break my wife's about to leave uh, talk amongst yourselves I'll be back in uh, uh, five minutes or so You know, uh, to continue that metaphor that that or the scenario, Janet, that you were talking about, I mean, I think there's relevance there with our, you know, we, we go to God and we, we, um, we ask for forgiveness as we repent and and then you know we confess i mean you know on one level we're we're kind of splitting apart a process superficially or artificially to make sense of the different components and i think that's perfectly fine i you know i don't know that whenever i try and take a spiritual thing and say okay there's steps and i have to do the steps in the right order pretty 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 quickly i'm focusing on the steps and not on the the other stuff so um but I, I think yeah, you know, there can be things that we skip. But what I find is mostly is that we skip the whole that's not comfortable for us. Well, sure, that that's a gift, and, and that's the one we skip is actually going to the other person. Yeah, you got to get that one in there some 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 way somehow. Um, you know, I, I, I rarely I, see anybody somebody yeah. else first. Yeah, you know, yeah. It's, it's funny. I think it's I think you're making the same point that I was trying to make is that for us to have grace, it has to include God, us, and others, right? It's not just something between us and God. We have to close that loop. Mm. Uh, that's another way of thinking about it, is closing the loop. And so um, that's really helpful. And so and I think that's the thing that I, uh, to Janet's point, um, and one of the real reasons I want to do this on YouTube is that when I've studied revivals, the one thing that always struck me is public repentance is just being you know, a hallmark of revival. And I've involved with so many revivalist organizations that focus on prayer and unity and worship and being public, and hardly any of them ever spend much time on public repentance and confession of sin. And I figure if I do only that in this group, I feel like we will have done something uh, that shakes the heavens. And so I wanna, at least for this version, at least for my iteration on, on Thursday, uh, I want to really try to figure out uh, and develop something that, because uh, I think repentance confession is the thing that opens the door to grace, both with God and with other people. Um, and so I was thinking, sorry, I, I think the way that, sorry, comments? Well, just a question about uh, from the study of movements. Did the repentance come as a result of leadership pursuing repentance, or was it pursuing Jesus and the Holy Spirit led them into repentance out of that. You're stealing my, my, my next point. So I'm working backwards. Right. So the goal is to have grace. Right. The way we get grace is by repentance. I think the way to get repentance is by conviction by the Holy Spirit. Yeah, okay. Right? And, and so that it kind of merges the body and blood pieces uh, in sort of step five for repentance. And I, I kind of like the way that Robbie did it where the bread and the wine were together rather than split apart by a phase. So I'm playing around with that. Um, and so, the, the, so the, the, the goal of the spiritual reflection phase is conviction by the spirit. And the thing that precedes well, wait a that. Minute. Uh, I'm, okay, I'm sorry, not sorry. sure I agree with that completely. Because what do you do with the scripture that says, uh, um, I forget where it is, but if you know that somebody has something against you, whether or not you are convicted by that person's opinion or not, um, or the Holy Spirit on it, you go to that person and you work it out with them. What about that piece? It isn't always about unconvicted by the Holy Spirit because sometimes the Holy Spirit is trying to convict me and I go into denial about it. There, there, There's a component there. 
human factor that involves that involves other people who are mirroring back to us some things that they have a problem with, and then the Holy Spirit does jump in at that point and say, you know, hey, take a look at this. Yeah, no, I think it's it it it, it is a I, to me I think we're saying the same thing with slightly different emphasis in that I think it's all the spirit because I need I need other people to help me hear the spirit I need the spirit to help me hear other people and I I failed in both directions and so the um, the way I look at it is there's many things that needs, that need to happen but I need to be convicted in my spirit by the spirit. It could, be because, it could be because I've been spending time alone with God, but that's only one very narrow way of experiencing the spirit, right? Being in community, being in corporate prayer, having someone just tell you something. And we may not think of it as the Holy Spirit, but I believe that is the Holy Spirit at work. Does that make sense? Yeah, uh, yeah, 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 it makes sense. Um, just, I, I, so obviously this is a... Uh, Thing, a, a practice that's that's a little bit complex to do in groups. I'd be interested. I mean, because there are many factors that are actually equally important. Um, right. You know, that's why it's a flow. Right. Yeah. The edge, have... you know. <laughs> but that's, I'd be yeah. interested if uh, in Brent and all, Brent uh, in all of his counseling experience and ministry experience, if he how he has approached overlapping these things. Um, you know, to put it all into one experience for the person who's in the group. Well, I think I think that is totally dependent on the, the, the timing, the place, the person, and the spirit. All of those work together because sometimes some people can handle that. They can handle a mashup, if you will, and sometimes they need more of a linear. And the, the trick is understanding who they are and where they are. And yeah, it might be a little bit uh, easy to get off distracted in a in a group experience that, you know, if we leave open too many options to wander around, uh, you know, this is the problem, Ernie, you know, how much control do you want to build into the system and how much freedom for the spirit to move and act? Now, I would I would think for model building that you would build in a structure which could be control but it could also simply be a framework that people could choose to utilize or pieces that they may intrude you know like like my panic during uh my during thursday was oh my goodness um we're getting we're getting way out in the weeds in talking about you know, what my week was like, and I'm seeing already, we're already used up half the time to do the first thing. I mean, we were literally in the 40 minute slot by the time we got off of number one. And, and I was feeling like, and that's probably what predicated my moving into more of a traditional facilitator role later on. And, and, you know, but I come back to what are we trying to you know, this is model building. This is where we, we talk about this stuff. We can let it go free, you know, <laughs> like like Mork throwing the egg up in the air and saying, be free. I don't know if anybody remembers that, but, you know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, but you know what I mean? The, the idea of here, you know, we we've thought about this. These are some options. This is, you know, this is this is where you do it. But if we are. So I would say if if what is our purpose here and if we are staying within the discipleship framework, then I would I would say, well, our purpose isn't necessarily to produce spiritual formation training or allow that to take over, because then we've just particularly with those who are already spiritual, who are already Christian, because we're naturally going to go, I think, towards our own spiritual growth. And. What I think if we're taking a discipleship perspective, the issue is what can I learn here that I can take out to my these other groups of somewhat believers, of pseudo-believers, of fake believers, of non-believers, and of anti-believers. You know what I mean? That that continuum. So that's my two cents. Ernie, did you did you have a hard stop around eight, or are we good for another? Uh, half not hour? The, the last the last week I called Robbie in the car on my way to breakfast, so I had a hard stop. I have a uh, 
probably a soft stop. Uh, I should probably stop by eight thirty just to get on with my day and the kids and everything. Because my wife doesn't know that I'm doing this, and she may say, "What are you doing? We've got stuff to do." <laughs> <laughs> that already happened, but my wife's going off to a conference all day, so uh, <laughs> I can indulge <laughs> myself a little bit. Um, so anyway, the uh, but the one thing I think that is uh, makes me feel really good about this is that. We, I think we have all these ingredients in the concept of DBJ. Yeah. You know, the, the, uh, the word, the spirit, the body, and the blood. And so um, as long as they're all present, I think the spirit will remix them over time and different groups may try different things. But I'm going to try 21 ways. The one thing I did realize, though, is that this is training. This is not teaching. And that the difference is that we have habits of mind, habits of action that have been ingrained in us by, uh, for years, if not decades or centuries or millennia. And if you're trying to break those habits, you have to require active intervention to, to break those cycles. That's, for example, one reason why I do the starter framework to try to break that habit of one person being the hub, but being more of a rim going around. So I think, um, so the, the logic so far is that if we're convicted by the spirit, then we will repent and then we will release and receive grace. Um, so the question becomes what creates conviction by the spirit? And I think to Janet's point, I think um, the way that we, that we get committed is by uh, seeing Jesus and scripture together. And that as we see the, because I think that if I just read the word by myself, I see a very narrow tunnel. But if we see it together with other people, we see a much bigger one. And as we see the spirit speaking to each other, my, my, I discovered this. I don't know if you've seen this, Brent, but I've been around some really mature Christians who have some really massive blind spots. Like everyone around them is hearing the spirit say something. You read the passage scripture, and this person will say, Everyone's been thinking, I hope Joe sees this because this is like his huge issue in dealing with his family or the church. And everyone sees it, but he doesn't. And it's like, okay, we can't like tell him because that's just going to increase shame and condemnation. That's why he's not here in the first place. But if, if we can all sort of uh, see each other seeing Jesus, I feel like we'll get this 360 view of Jesus. And when that happens, then I think we've been softened up for the conviction of the spirit. So that's kind of the, the theory of change I'm working with. Um, and then uh, to your first point, like I keep wrestling with this uh, opening question because it's so critical how it sets the tone. And my favorite stories when people shared were they, where there was weeping that turned to rejoicing. And I'll say, you know, because some people share something that was hard, something that was good, and something that was interesting. But I said, maybe what if the first question was, where has Jesus turned weeping into rejoicing for you this week? So the focus is on Jesus, and you can share something painful, but, um, and I think this works better if I introduce the question like today on the group me chat. Say, hey, this is the question we're gonna be asking at the beginning of next week. Um, and uh, try to look at the week through this lens. And then hopefully that means that you know, we do get to learn something about other people, but hopefully it's something about how they've interacted with Jesus during the week. So I'm curious how y'all feel about that question. I, I I know what you mean. I get it. And it's perfect. And I could hear that question and translate it myself. But at the same time, I'm a uh, I'm going to pick on myself and say, as a good Scandinavian, I wouldn't say that I've been weeping at all, <laughs> you know. So, so you know, it, it, you know, is there a is there an additional way to say that 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 gets at the idea of I was I was at the end of my rope, I was struggling, I was hurting, I was uh, anguished, and you know, sorrow. I, huh? How's the word sorrow for you? Yeah, sorrow. sorrow, you know, I mean, because uh, I don't cry like you do, Ernie, and I'm not saying that's bad. I don't know <laughs> if that's good or bad, you know? I mean, they, they actually have medicine for that. The people that cry too much, they, they actually have pills that you can take. So <laughs> it's called an anti-spiritual. But, you know, they, they're actually, I'm, I'm being serious. Your wife would know about this. But, but you know. I'm, they're, they're, I'm taking, just, just, you know, I'm taking mood stabilizers at the moment, but that's a whole other story. <laughs> That's Imagine good. what I'm like when I'm unmedicated. Yeah. Um, that was uh, episode five or six. We talked about my uh, mental health issues, but that's uh, in the Great Reset. But anyway, so I think how did Jesus move you from sorrow, or, or how did yeah. we can play with the phrasing? But the idea of Jesus taking us from sorrow to joy, and I think it's not just for us or for, for those we love. 
right? If I'm able to minister to someone and see them move from sorrow to joy in Jesus, I think that's a powerful yeah. thing. And I think that I think that I'm hoping that'll satisfy our need for socialization, but keeping the focus on Jesus and transformation, and also, you know, I think it also closes the loop with our mission. Our mission is to bring Jesus to people to turn to find their place of sorrow and turn it into joy. So another way to ask that question could be. Uh, how has Jesus turned a challenge into a blessing for you this week? Uh, those are alternate words that maybe aren't as rich or deep as weeping and whatever, but uh, just yeah. to be brainstorming. But yeah, you've got our uh, and rational words, and both are valid. In fact, uh, you can put them both together side by side, um, and that uh, I think includes a more more people. I mean, if you, you take it on a Myers-Briggs sort of a thing and you say, who are the, who, who are the emotional ones, you know, and who are the thinking, you know, the thinking ones, that includes more people. So if, if I were doing it, I'd put both of those terms in there somehow. Okay. I mean, that's certainly an approach to try. My bias is that in weird culture, it is easy and low cost to talk about what we think. And it is um, soulful and high cost to talk about what we feel. And maybe that's a guy thing in the tech world I live in. Um, but that's why I want to press into what is not comfortable and natural and make sure that we are uh, digging in to genuine pain. Because I think to me, that is where, um, and I know this may be more psychological than theological, but theology is more true than Hebrew in a lot of ways. Uh, but for, you know, Alan, just to, to the thought, yeah, is that I want to make sure that Jesus is meeting us at our point of need, not at our point of comfort. Mm -hmm. Well, that's right. And so here's what I throw out to you is, is that um, if you have a sort of a, if you have a broad, um, what do you call it, lead-in question, um, where you actually can, can, can hang your hat on people sharing at their point of need is after, is after somebody says something that, that, you know, and then you react to what they say as you're listening. So, so um, the, the emotions can be evident in what somebody, somebody says, even if what they're saying is logical. And... And so, so there's also the way that the facilitator or whoever we're calling ourselves, you know, follows up um, on that is is uh, in a listening sort of a way. That's the point when the emotions really, really start to connect in 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 show. Um, and a good facilitator will do that in a trust building way. Um, but it, it isn't the question itself that has to provoke all of those things that the believer, you know, just like jumps out in all honesty. That generally doesn't usually happen. What, they, what happens is people share in more of a general sense that there's something that they share that if a good listener hears, they'll be able to say, they'll be able to say, I can come alongside you in that, and then the emotions start to flow. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I think that's really good. I think the uh, there's a couple things there that I really liked. One is I've been trying to figure out the word for this pitch, who, which role, and I realized the pitcher, the person who pitches to them is the listener, and the person they're pitching to is the speaker. And so that's the right. starter is the first listener, and then they ask the person the question. And I think the technical term is actually interlocutor, or um, uh, there was uh, uh, Neil Stevenson had a good. Uh, short version of that because interlocutor is a great concept the person who's talking with someone but it's a really clunky word so i might try and find a better or abbreviation yeah. for that but anyway ernie uh, as, yeah. Uh, yeah ernie as a as a cognitive behavioral psychologist um one of my professors said something that i thought was extremely trite and superficial in graduate school that has proven quite valid and he said thoughts are king change the thoughts and, and the feelings will follow. And I thought that's stupid, you know, that doesn't sound, but when you think about it from a cognitive standpoint, you know, you, you say, I want, I, I don't want us to get to, to lose focus on our feelings and our the, the, the rawness of our connection with Christ by merely 
uh, talking about thinking or wh whatever. And I, and I completely agree. Uh, it's just that sometimes some people are going to be a little bit more, you know, well, that doesn't make sense to me. And that, you know, when they say that doesn't make sense to me, that could be a cover of any number of things. One, it doesn't make sense. Two, I think it's crazy. Three, I'm afraid of the consequences of that thought. And, you know, if for just for example, but, um, you know, I think, you know, it, it, tell me, tell me how you feel that makes more sense to you or what would you feel like yeah. I need to ex, ex, change the way I just said what I said so that you would, you would feel more uh, understanding or, or safe or, you know, I don't like to use the word safe, but you know what I mean? I mean, I, so I'm saying that I think you're onto something very important. But, uh, you know, there are there are different streams for different people. And, you know, I'm coming out of a much less Pentecostal charismatic stream than you guys. And that's I'm comfortable with with everything you're saying, because I, this is part of my journey. But, you know, as I think about how is this going to play to my 85 year old lifetime evangelical free church people, you know, and, and how do we explain that intimacy that we're trying to seek? Uh, in a way yeah. that, oh yeah, that's what I want too. You know what I mean? So anyway. Yeah. And, and my conclusion is that we can't explain it. We have to demonstrate it. Uh, yeah. Robbie's been trying to raise his hand, which is hard on a phone call, but he's doing it. So I'm, I'm very comfortable, Ernie, with the way you phrased the question, uh, as I recall it. Uh, how this past week have you seen Jesus lead you from weeping to rejoicing and whatever you want to play with there? Um, I do really like the dynamic that uh, Janet and I tried to uh, model and to start infusing into the group of what based on what you said about wanting a dialogue rather than a monologue where the listener asks some follow-up questions to the speaker or the, the uh, so um, anyway I think that's that's a question what you posed that can lead into that and with a little bit of modeling from those who are doing it uh, maybe it can spread to the group yeah, I think that's the way it works, right? You pick someone uh, that you can have that good dialogue with for your first listener-speaker pair, and then hopefully that right. catches on as people get the idea, and they'll and they'll reinterpret it in ways that they're comfortable with, and hopefully, you know, over the over the series. And you know, the other thing I realized is, uh, to um, Janet's point is that actually the uh, you know the opening the, the leading question is the reflecting back on the week. But actually the body phase, which I was having trouble fitting into this framework, I think is actually uh, really powerful in that in the spirit phase, we kind of try and feel like the spirit is saying that is identifying something within us that he wants to release grace into. And then the body phase is precisely what Janet said, is like, like, let me try and articulate with you and then let the two of us have a dialogue. And it's not the one facilitator doing it with everybody, it's each of us doing it with the next person. It's to try to you know, make sure that I understand. And then maybe the way we, um, uh, do that is that this is where we pray for each other, is that we show the point of need and then the listener prays for the speaker. And that kind of gives a, wait, okay, you're trying to say something, Robbie? Yeah, so the, the wonder I have is uh, in most movements that I'm familiar with, some reflection on how we have carried forward what happened in the previous session, what we covered, what we heard, uh, is an essential element, and I wonder how it's going to work if we don't have some reference back, uh, if we're going to lose continuity, momentum, whatever the phrase would be, or if that's just a non-essential that's been part of other things that we can somehow do without. Yeah, I wonder about that too, and um, my hope is that if we get to something crisp enough where at the end of it we say, yeah, this is the thing God said to me at the end, right. then hopefully that will feed into, I mean, the, the, my, my hope, and this is by no means a confidence, it is just a hope, is that if, we can, if the first question we ask is about where did Jesus show up to turn sorrow into joy with you or those you love, that that will substantially overlap with where we ended up last week in terms of, you know, where do I want to show up for someone else? I mean, in fact, that's actually, that's actually an interesting way to phrase the question. Where does Jesus want to show up this week? 
I'll ask you for as our token Scandinavian, Brent. Uh, grief or sorrow, which is a better word to use? Sorrow, I think. Intimidating. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. I think either one of those are are, are okay. Um, I, I really resonated with Robbie's thing is that, you know, I think one of the empowering things about even the nugget training that I've been in is when people would share briefly what has been, what has gone on between the last nugget training and this one and how different people said, well, you know, I, I reached out to my housekeeper and she said, can you come to my house? And, and I'm, I, I went to their house and shared with seven family members and they're all considering what to do. And you, you know, you, you, it's not, everybody has to have an experience, you know, to say each one of you has to tell, tell us where Jesus met you. Cause then, you know, I don't know if Jesus met me and then I know I feel guilty guilty and ashamed. But the idea of, uh, of, of seeing everyone's history become a corporate history of we're on this journey together and God is working in unique ways. And, and chances are that the next week. So I just wanted to add my two cents there. And I don't know how to raise my well, hand on this one. So I don't know when Robbie is. He, 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 he literally raised his hand on the video that I sent the email to the link if you want to try and jump on, although we're hopefully close to wrapping up. No, I, I'm, I'm fine. Anyway, um, okay, well, we see you, so we can see when you're raising your hand. Um, the, okay, so, so here's my current uh, hypothesis. The thing that Jesus does that the world desperately needs and is consciously aware that they need, but is really hard to find somewhere else, is how Jesus turns sorrow into joy. Because to me, the extraordinary thing about, like, when we get what we want, the way we want it, um, it's easy to turn anticipation into joy. But when we feel desolate and uh, don't see a way forward, and Jesus comes and shows up and we have joy, um, that is um, transformative. I mean, that was last week where Jesus showing up on the boat right, and turning the storm, you know, the worst experience of their lives, you know, seasoned fishermen terrified of a storm, uh, Jesus looking like a ghost, which is even more terrifying, and then suddenly the winds of the waves cease and Jesus in the boat, that's what creates worship. And I think that, at least for this week, let's go, let's go for that. Let's, let's try to get the cycle of turning sorrow into joy. And the first question is, where did Jesus show up to turn sorrow into joy? And the last question is, where does Jesus want to show up to turn sorrow into joy? And maybe we'll see if that gives us a little, it may not, but I think it's a worthwhile experiment to run. You know, if, if anybody hasn't had an experience within the last week or so, because sometimes week after week, the daily stuff uh, is just daily stuff, you know, but can people be free to share a different a different experience that was monumental in their life, for instance? Well, we'll, we'll ask a question and uh, people will share what they share um, or pass. So, I don't, Ernie, are you back on? It looks like you switched to yeah, this audio. But, uh, yeah, I don't know what happened to my computer. It decided that I had enough. Um, so, anyway, it was a great mic drop moment, though, I have to say. So, yeah, I mean, I, it really is like I will ask the first question. Um, maybe I'll pick one of you uh, to make it more, uh, uh, or maybe not. Uh, maybe find someone who's harder to speak, uh, but still talkative, so that we can have that dialogue. Um, actually, maybe I will, um, well, I'll just go as the spirit leads. But I think, yeah, I will ask the question I ask, and other people will ask the questions they ask, and we will learn something. So. <sighs> okay, I'm feeling good. Uh, any other questions from anyone? Anything else that came up you wanted to go over? No, I just yeah, just I'm uh, wondering um, um, how if I can do it again. You know, leading whatever. I mean, yeah. I mean, I uh, guess started? what I'm wondering is, I know we want to give as many people a chance. If anybody's stepping up to the plate, and we want to be able to do that, but um. Yeah, no, I, 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 I actually think that, yeah, I hear you. I actually think that for this session, maybe the four of us, we just kind of alternate back and forth. Uh, Robbie, how are you feeling in terms of you leading or Janet leading this next week or someone uh, else? 
I'm thinking that uh, what I was hearing was that uh, you. It sounds like you would like to try leading the next time to demonstrate what you're, uh, what you think you're aiming for. Uh, not I'm that we know yet. yet, right? And then uh, I. It's kind when of you a. Say you, you're talking about me, right? I didn't hear that, Janet. We're talking to Ernie, right? Yeah, I was just talking to Ernie there. So for Thursday night, I'm, I think uh, Ernie, and then uh, I'm, uh, I have further thoughts, things I'd like to try. So I'm inclined for myself to do again uh, Friday morning. Um, I, there are several, we have, what, three more weeks before the final. We have four more weeks now before the final. So I think there will be another opportunity for you uh, Friday morning, Janet, um, and we can we can see where things go with that. Sure. Well, I think I think my question, you know, do I get to at least do a repeat so that I can learn from whatever I did from sure. before? Yeah. yeah, I think and, it would make sense. I think yeah, that's I think pretty likely. The four of us have this. Yeah, you know, the four of us have this conversation, so we're understanding the context and the structure and the disagreements and. Uh, Tensions, and I think that yeah, so and we may do that for the first six. Actually, it's not a bad system. Is that I do one, you know, Robbie and I do one, then you two do one, and then if it if it works reasonably well, then we have you guys try it and see if it scales. It's actually a really fascinating design pattern. I haven't seen this before, um, right? But it's interesting, you know, it's where we teach, you teach, we teach, you teach, we teach, you teach over the six sessions, and yeah, that means right. that we get a chance to learn from each other, and the group gets to experience that richness. It's a, uh, I've, I've never seen the alternating teaching trainer, uh, tra trainer trainee model before, but it feels like a powerful one. My dad and yeah. I did that in Liberia years ago. Uh, a uh, indigenous uh, uh, movement called us to teach them about counseling. And uh, we got there and it was really interesting because they were extremely uh, uh, healing oriented Pentecostals and we're not, you know, and, and, and they just welcomed us in and loved on us. And we would teach. 30 senior facilitators in the morning this was right right after the the latest explosion in the country and and we would teach them and then um they got um uh, surplus meals ready to eat from the gulf war i think i don't remember but we'd have spam every day at, and mm -hmm. rice and 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 cayenne pepper sauce actually quite good and then 300 people from all the neighborhoods of monrovia would come in and each senior facilitator would teach what we taught them that morning, that afternoon. It was very powerful, both in a good way to see when they caught a concept and they taught it, and a horrible way to see when you made some aside that everybody thought was really important in their teaching that. But it was an incredible week. It was wonderful. Okay, so Janet, you're good to teach the alternating series. Uh, you'd have two more, and I'd have two more. Uh, sure, and and that is unless someone else from our group says they want to try it. Well, I think uh, at this point we're uh, you know open to that if it comes up, but I think uh, we're thinking that this might be a good learning opportunity for us just to plan on this. Well, I'm ready yeah, to and plan. I think that, yeah. Yeah. And the other, the other reality, of course, is that, uh, sorry, I was bouncing in and out kids, is that um, we're not even sure what it is. Right? So expecting people to do it is a challenge. Uh, right. So I think that keeping the loop tight and close while we get this iterated on. I mean, if it's magically perfect, then maybe, you know, session five and six, we can try some other people. But uh, I would be surprised if we would, so, you know, one we did, three we're doing. I'd be surprised if there wasn't some other major adjustments we wanted to do for five that Robbie right. and I wanted to uh, prove out before we hand out. But, you yeah, know, I, I feel like yeah. we're converging. I mean, compared to what the Great Reset was, where we were swinging wildly from week to week and season to season, I feel like we're actually getting really close. And hopefully one more adjustment will get us to something that, you know, the dream would be, I guess you're starting Tuesday, right? Um, uh, that, so I'll try to get you my slide deck by Tuesday in case you want to use some of that as a uh, fodder. I'll try and get it this weekend, actually. Yeah, yeah. What I, and what, then, yeah, that you know, my thing is with Jen. I'm happy to do it more because I want to build in the. Let's. I want to help you guys get it to the next stage, and and 
you know, I don't know how my Tuesday is going to go. They may say, that's really nice, but that's not what we want to do, which is fine. I've already given them permission yeah. for that. Or something different may gr grow out of that. I mean, we're in this major shift in the church right now and that these guys are all part of this major Sunday school class that uh, on the 14th is going to come back together. And it's the Sunday school class has decimated. People have left. People are leaving, people have left, people are ambivalent, and into this void I stepped as uh, as a guy that's coming from the outside saying, hey, let's see if we can keep, let's see if we can recreate something here and, and take care of ourselves. And so this revolution is going on. I have no idea where it's going to go. <laughs> and, uh, but uh, I'm using all my gentle persuasiveness and 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 positive forecasting to say you know because people want well the church has ignored us for years we don't want to be we don't want to be part of that if they're not going to value us and our opinions or our money or whatever and i'm saying no i don't mm. think that's the case i don't think that's the case i think what we need to do is not go in saying what we didn't have let's go in and say what we do have and build from there this is exciting people so you know that starts on the 14th but you know, right now it's just kind of interesting. So anyway, the well, thing is I'm in whatever you want, whatever you need me to do. So let's get to let's Thank get you, Brent. This. Thank you, Janet. And thank you, Robbie, of course. I mean, this is sure. the, the funny thing for me is that uh, during the season, I think I've warned you about this, right, is that God will do stuff around us uh, based on my prior experience and my current experience beyond anything we asked or imagined and things we did not want to ask or imagine. Uh, but yeah. this is how the kingdom of God comes. Yeah, exactly. So I really appreciate you guys walking this road with me. Thank you. Janet, did you have any closing thoughts? Well, I just want to request, um, I, my, uh, my, my foothill email is down and I don't know if I'm going to be able to get it back anytime soon. It went down this morning before we went on. Oh, and, um, and and so what I want you to do, Ernie, if you could, is uh, is is um, send me. I don't know. Just send me your email. Uh, that will start there, at at uh, this email address. It's w a d a m r c l uh, at gmail dot com. W and then nope. A is an apple, B is in dog, Lost. A is an apple, M, R. Sorry, was that, an or, was that an N or an M? Um, M is in Mary. So Wad, A, Mr. CL. That's right. It's for what a miracle. Um, at oh, okay. Gmail. That helps. success listening to it let's just go with it okay i'll post it and you know we can always you know my one listener is bill breck so we can always edit it after i get it up okay uh, yeah and uh okay uh janet would you close us in prayer yeah uh heavenly father bless uh, the rest bless us the rest of the day give us um uh i pray that you would uh just Thank you for letting us be in on this process. Thank you for your partnership and collaboration and and uh, 
giving us this beautiful job to do and work to do and the vision to do it. And so thank you for how you are with us for the rest of the day. And may your spirit feed Robbie's soul and Ernie's soul, my soul, Brent's soul. Thank you, Father, for all of these men. Amen. 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 God bless you all. Have a great weekend, and uh, I'll try to get you something by Sunday night for what's happening next. Okay, take care. All right. Great. God bless. Okay. Bye. Thank mm-hmm. you.